How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. We are late recording this episode, and I apologize to the Patreons because they're getting it tonight instead of yesterday morning. Oops. But by the time Sorry, everybody yeah. hears it, the Patreons will have gotten it early. I'm dropping them all kinds of balls. There's too many in the air, <laughs> and they're all falling down around me is basically what is happening here. Um, We're working on it. We are working on it. So... um. Yeah, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Got a job. Started it this week. Awesome. Back at Fairway, which awesome. you knew. <laughs> mm-hmm. I did. Yes. Um, so I'm very glad about that. I'm glad the nightmare is over. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited. Nice. Yay. Yeah, I'm just swamped with work and children coming to my door. <laughs> Trick or treat. And... Oh, wait. Yeah, and um, hang on one second. Okay, we'll just be right back. Okay. <laughs> All right. Children, be gone. Uh, Vanished. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that. Uh, cool. That's everything. Yeah, just uh, Zane's been really busy. He's finishing up his rugby season, and he's doing extracurriculars at school, which is awesome. That's good. He's really enjoying that. And what good. else is going on? Man, I'm just working like all the time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Same, 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 same. Yep. And Back. becoming a content machine. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. We are. We've got a lot of really cool stuff planned for uh, the podcast. And um, to that end, we might as well just go ahead and jump right in to the endless vocal prattling or the EVPs as we like to call them. Um, As always, guys, we definitely want to let you know about the Spirit Realm Network. That's coming up next week. It is Rick McCallum and Dylan Rathman doing a live investigation of the 1910 jail in Globe, Arizona. And that is going to be on Friday, February 25th. You can find them and the live stream at spiritrealm.net. Um... It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very excited for this one. So I've got that planned uh, for uh, Friday night um, because, you know, I'm so social. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big event for you, Carrie. Yes. Mm. Um, No, probably not because I think it's 945 to 1145 uh, Arizona time. Oh, shit. That's going to be super late for you. That's going to be super late for me because then we leave. We get up early in the morning Saturday and we are driving up to DC for Koi's birthday which did I tell them in last week's episode what I did or did I just tell you I can't remember if I told them in last week's episode that I I don't remember in um the one episode god I don't even remember that it all just melds together um I had mentioned what we were doing for Koi for his birthday mm-hmm. <laughs> and you sure uh, did yeah, and then Koi and I were going somewhere, and I was like, oh, let's listen to it and see how it sounds. And 
it came to that part and I realized that I was getting ready to tell everybody what we were secretly planning for his birthday because he doesn't mm-hmm. listen to the podcast. So I, I was safe in doing that, but I wasn't safe for myself because then I played the podcast in the car to <laughs> hear how he sounded in front of you played it for him good job yeah but fortunately i i I knew what was coming and so i just skipped 30 seconds like five times and oh good good yeah so you caught yourself so he doesn't know blew right past it he does know we're going somewhere but he doesn't mm -hmm. know what or where or why or anything so and the other thing that i had kind of turned you on to did you and you got that ordered, right? I did get that ordered, but it's not going to be here until Thursday the third, unfortunately. All right, cool. I'm really excited to see how that goes. Um, it's the if you guys have ever heard of the mis is it the Mystery Box Company? Now I forget what it's Mysterious called. Mysterious yeah. Package Company. Mysterious Package. I think so. Yeah, something like that. Google it. Um, they don't sponsor us, so I don't need to be that precise. Precise, but precise. Um, <laughs> precise. Exactly. <laughs> I don't need to be that either. There's uh, a reason they don't sponsor us. Yeah, there is. Um, but it's a really cool, unique kind of um, gift idea, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I had done it um, for someone before, and they send different packages in the mail, and it's. Um, they're mysteries so it kind of just a bunch of stuff comes in the mail and and it's kind of like a little game they're pretty cool yeah i think they're really neat yeah it's kind of like escape room type of clues i'm guessing Mm -hmm. and you have to kind of try to figure it out Mm -hmm. the one that we got him was the the mystery of john auger i believe it's a pirate one and quay loves pirates and you know so it's three he gets three different shipments and i don't know how often they come but there's mm-hmm. clues in each wooden crate. And so we got okay, in We're going to have to do updates as, uh, as oh, he works through it. And yeah. you have to tell us how it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking yeah. about doing the, the kid one for Zane uh, in May when his birthday rolls around. I so. think they have a couple of different kid ones now. Oh, do they? I just I knew they so. had one. Yeah, I think, I think it sold so. out when I looked at it last time. Yeah. So... Yeah. Like I said, I've done them before, and they're cool. I mean, the way that everything comes is super neat, and it's really well packaged. Yeah, just... like riddles and stuff like that. And it mm-hmm. said, like, this one said that you do need an internet connection because you do have to look some stuff up online, and there's, like, a treasure map. And I think that's the purpose of this one is you have to try to find his lost treasure. Yeah, that's oh, what cool. it is, the lost treasure of John Auger. Yeah. Well, see, that sounds fun. Yeah. So Koi's going to have a good time. Well, that's so nice. He's yeah. going to have a great, great time, I think. Yeah. Um, well, I'm We're sure we'll hear all about it next week. So oh, what yeah. else have we got? I know we had some other stuff to talk we about. We do have some other stuff. And, of course, I didn't do the overlay because I was just finishing the overlays for this one as you were calling in to start recording. Um, But we are History of a Haunting podcast is a sponsor of the Dirt Days Festival in Williamson, West Virginia this year. And it's going to be April 28th through May 1st. It's basically this huge weekend long festival of off-road trail riding. Um, uh, 300, I think it said 350 miles of um, Hatfield and McCoy trails. Right. And you can go... You know, you could rent the ATVs and all of these off-roading vehicles and just kind of go tearing ass through the backcountry of West Virginia and parts of Kentucky. Um, it's, they're it just have... sounds like such a good time. Oh, God. And they have such, such cool time. shit. I was looking at the website and it just looks like it's really fun. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping, fingers crossed, that flights go down and I can make it out. I don't know. Yeah. But 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. If not, it's still going to be a good time. Still Definitely going to put time. it on the calendar for next year. Yeah. And that part of West Virginia is just gorgeous. Like, I just think it would be so fun to, yeah, roam yeah. the ATVs down there. And yeah. all the history and all of that, it's, like, yeah. super interesting. And, again, just beautiful. God just country type shit. Really, really is, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there's a reason that uh, John Denver wrote a song about it. And <laughs> it's the official West Virginia state song. Um, so yeah, lots of things are are happening and popping and going on and doing all kinds of fun stuff. I, this just in from Jennifer, literally, uh, my text messages pop up here on my computer and she's blowing up my phone right now, but we are all set for our reservations at her house for Trans Allegheny. Sweet. Um, and then she also texted that Emma, her daughter has two free passes to the Andy Warhol museum that she said you and I can have. Yeah. (laughs) So um, I will message her and let her know that we are super excited about that. And thank you so much. My baby gorgeous very much for that. So that's what I have for the EVPs. We will start putting up the um, picture for Dirt Days uh, next week because I need to get that done and probably write that down Good job. somewhere. Um, you're bad at reminding <laughs> me about shit. Um, <laughs> so that's all I have, I think, for EVPs, I think. Awesome. I know I'm missing one, but I, I, it's been at the back of my mind each week, and I know I just have to find it. We had a listener write in. Um, I just have to find it. So I'm... That they're annoyed that we can't remember shit? Is that what <laughs> that they were right? God, probably. I'm annoyed. Just get your shit together for God's sakes. Yeah, it's uh, never going to happen. So if any of you are waiting for that, it's not going to happen. Just bear with us. Right. And uh, yeah, so that's all I have. Um, do you have anything else? Children. I have children running in uh, my house. In and out of my oh. house. I'm recording. <laughs> oh, so, there. Little Zane. <laughs> and this is why we don't have our shit together because we're. We don't have like an offsite do studio. 7 million yeah. We don't have an offsite studio that we can go to where it's just real chill, uninterrupted. Un- 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 oh. Can you imagine how wonderful that would be? Uninterrupted time. I can, yeah. yeah I can. That'd be so great. Because if it isn't. I can't even imagine. Your child, it's my dogs, or, you know, it's something. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, always something. it's always something but anyway guys we do actually have an episode for you and um, that episode is going to be the lost colony of Roanoke and mm-hmm. I have been wanting to do this one for a very long time Archie and I never really knew how to do it we had come up with the idea early on in the podcast we were like a month or two old and I was like hey this is a great mm-hmm. idea and when we researched it and, and we just we hadn't really found our groove yet so we we tabled it and um so i'm digging it out because i actually went through roanoke island and croton sound croton sound is that's how that's pronounced croton sound when uh my family and i went to nags head this past weekend so on the way back i was like we need to do the lost colony of roanoke finally so i'm digging it yeah, I am excited for it. So it's going to be another split script, guys. Laura's going to do the first half. I'm going to do the second half. There really is no history and hauntings to break up. So why don't you jump in with our sources for this week? Sure will. 
Uh, our sources for this week are Snopes.com, Wikipedia.com, and OuterBanks.org. Yeah. Yep. I um, The drive is really amazing. And I'm not a big fan of bridges. But you have to take two really huge motherfucking bridges <laughs> to get to right. the Outer Banks. Mm-hmm. And the first one goes over Croton Sound, I believe. Good job. Or Abomarle. Abel Marley? Abel Mar... Something. I'm new here, so mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> um, but along US 64 is the main street that you take to get to these big-ass bridges. You have to go through the Alligator Reserve... Uh, alligator Wildlife Preserve or Reserve or Protected Space. Um, so that was a little nerve-wracking. We saw a lot of turtles in like the canals and marshes on either side of the road. And then on the way back, we saw two alligators. <laughs> my mom's like, oh my God, there was an alligator. And I literally like gunned it to like 90 miles per hour. And then as we were flying by, we saw another one. And it was, they weren't in the street, but it was, it was pretty scary. <laughs> it's still a fascinating that's... area. I love it. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, I love that stuff. Um, and yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason, I love when I see gators. <laughs> like, like far enough away. Like, I don't want to be close to him. Like in the wild? Like, yeah, yeah. Ugh. I don't know. They're fascinating. They're fucking dinosaurs. They're kind of, yeah. Uh, like, scary and kind of cool. It's exciting. I don't know. It's exciting. I don't know why. It's something I really enjoy. <laughs> I really? It. I think it's super cool. I was terrified and I was in a freaking car going 75 miles an hour, like zipping by them. Mm. But then I also thought, what happens if one like lumbers out into the road and I hit one? Mm. Uh, it's gonna don't fuck up leave car. your car. Yeah. And don't leave your car. <laughs> don't get, get out of that car. <laughs> um, they also had a red wolf advisory um because i guess it was red wolf season or something right now so they like to cross the mating season probably and they like to cross the highway so they had you know Mm -hmm. those construction signs that are like the digital signs Mm -hmm. they had those up that were like drive with caution red wolves crossing through for the next x amount of miles and i was like where the fuck are we Well, I was telling this you. This is a little too like, rural for me. <laughs> yeah, it, the coyotes over here have been super active because it's mating season, so you just mm-hmm. see them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, super fun. Yeah. I did ha- hit a coyote one time. Did I ever tell you that story? No. So my friend was Sean and I one? were driving back from San Diego to Arizona in the middle of, you know, fuck off nowhere in sure. the desert. That whole drive and, is fuck off nowhere. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. In between San Diego and Phoenix, the whole place. Yeah. Um, the whole lot, five hours. Um, so we're just cruising, be bopping down the freeway, and um, a suicidal coyote chose our car to jump in front of, and we hit it. I mean, going seventy-five, smacked it, pulled over, not to check on the coyote. We knew that was dead. Um, Are you sure? It was just dead? to check on, make sure the car was okay. We get out, yeah. and the radiator is pouring water. <gasps> said, get back in the car. We need to try to go as far as we can. Oh my god! And so I think we made it, you know, a couple more miles down the freeway, and we pulled over 
because the heart it was overheating and we're like ah oh, fuck we are in the middle of nowhere and he's like we should uh-huh. walk i'm all th- we already know there's fucking coyotes i'm not going anywhere absolutely not yeah that is a dark dark road and it's just fucking mm-hmm. desolate desert on either side we got a flat tire on that same road at like one two o'clock in the morning and with those semi oh, yeah. trucks flying by they don't they fly by mm-hmm it was horrible yeah. to try and change a tire on that. I can't even imagine. So then what happened? How'd you get help? So um, we're decked out in pride gear. And so we're like, okay, well, we're going to take this off. <laughs> to get murdered. <laughs> so, um, Which is not funny, but like, I, like I get it. It's okay. awful that like, that was the thought, but still. Yeah. I mean, this is 20 some years ago too. So, well, okay. um, because we're all yay pride. And then we're like, you know, we're just going to put this in our back pocket. <laughs> for later um actually a preacher who um was like completely spanish speaking pulled over and took us to the next town um where we called some friends to come and get us and a tow truck and everything and um he was super nice and oh my god took us to the next place but you know we're trying in our crap spanish and his broken english to like communicate but he was wonderful and totally helped us out oh that's wonderful and that's how we got and we weren't even waiting that long honestly that was actually pretty cool because of course it, back then there was like i had my little nokia that's we're, this is the time we're talking about uh-huh yeah like no bars there's nothing like you're just in the middle of the desert yeah fucked basically basically um yeah. yeah so luckily for the kindness of strangers cheers to that man yeah sure he's I still out he's... there somewhere yeah i hope he's Thanks. doing well Thank you, sir. Me too. Yeah, but that was some scary shit. So that's my coyote story. Wow. Okay. Well, Don't speaking of um, people out in the wilderness of North Carolina, let's tell who these are folks also a bit fucked. Who are we're <laughs> also a that. bit fucked? Yeah. Um, let's tell folks about the lost colony of Roanoke. Let's do it. So our story kicks off in 1587 uh, when more than a hundred English colonists landed on Roanoke Island which is off the coast of what is now North Carolina. Uh, this would have been the first permanent English settlement in the New World had they not mysteriously disappeared in the years after their arrival. Historians, archaeologists, and other experts researched and speculated for years with no conclusive evidence as to what happened to all those people. Uh, the mystery... The mystery. Oh my god, I'm mystery? never going to be able to... The, the, yeah, right. Good <laughs> luck with these... My literary society... <laughs> Good luck with all these Native American words. Oh, it's going to be a good time. Uh, the mystery-inspired theories ranging from the outlandish, um, such as colonists resorting to cannibalism or experiencing a zombie apocalypse, <laughs> to the mundane but more plausible, um, which is that they were attacked by Native Americans, they had an outbreak of disease, or they simply assimilated into the local Native American tribes. Um, and left their original settlement. Um, in this, that last theory gained a lot more traction um, in 2020. And That's years, recent. Um, okay. Yeah, prior to. Um, um. So the establishment of the Roanoke colony was an attempt by Sir Walter Raleigh to found the first permanent English settlement in North America. The first Roanoke colony was founded by Governor Ralph Lane in 1585, on Roanoke Island in what is now Dare County, North Carolina. So following the failure of the 1585 settlement, a second expedition led by John White landed on the same island in 1587 and set up another settlement that became 
became known as the Lost Colony due to the subsequent unexplained disappearance of its population. Did you know there was a colony prior to this one? Because I thought this was just the one and only. No, I didn't. I, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea that there was another group. Look at us learning. I know. We're learning with you guys. <laughs> we are. Uh, in 1578, uh, Queen Elizabeth I granted a charter to Sir Humphrey Gilbert to explore and colonize territories. Quote, unclaimed by Christian kingdoms, end quote. Mm. Uh, Gilbert had helped to crush the first of the Desmond rebellions in Ireland's Munster province in the early 1570s, um, which they were brutal. Were they? Irish. Were they? Okay. Super brutal, yeah. Like, put your heads on spits, kind of brutal. Ew. Yeah. Okay. Um, so when they crushed the rebellion, types. they, um, so to tell you the kind of people that were, that were, we're talking about, they were brutal, brutal yeah. people. Yeah. Um, soldiers, mostly. Okay. Um, so the terms of the charter granted by the queen were vague, though Gilbert understood it to give him rights to all territory in the New World north of Spanish Florida. Okay. Um, unfortunately, Gilbert died in 1583, so Queen Elizabeth divided the charter between his brother, Adrian Gilbert, and his half-brother, Sir Walter Raleigh. Okay. That's how he came Ad- about. Okay. Yeah, there we go. And your namesake city. Yeah. Um, Adrian's charter gave him the patent on Newfoundland and all points north, uh, where geographers expected to eventually find the long-sought Northwest Passage to Asia. Raleigh was awarded the lands to the south, though much of it was already claimed by Spain. Richard Hacklett, I'll go with that. Sure. However, (laughs) (laughs) had by this time taken notice of Verrazano's Isthmus, located within Raleigh's claim, and was campaigning for England to capitalize on the opportunity. Raleigh's charter, which was issued on March 25th, 1584, specified that he needed to establish a colony by 1591, or he was going to lose his right to colonize. So he was to, quote, discover, search, find out, and view such remote, heathen, and barbarous lands, counties, and territories to have, hold, occupy, and enjoy. It sounds like a (laughs) beautiful time. It sure does. It sounds like basically you do whatever the fuck you want. Right. If you can get past the heathens and the barbarians, Mm -hmm. enjoy it at your leisure. Right. The spoils are yours, basically. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, it was expected that Raleigh would establish a base from which to send privateers on raids against the treasure fleets of Spain. Yeah, Spain was causing lots of problems during this time. <laughs> well, they were just a, a naval powerhouse, right? And they right. had all of that territory in the New World. And they were coming out with gold and all the stuff that everybody else wanted. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, despite the broad powers granted to Raleigh, uh, he was forbidden to leave the Queen's side. Nice. Yeah. So you can have all this, but you can't go. But you're going to have to <laughs> trust grounded. others to get you what you're looking for. Right. You're grounded. <laughs> um, instead of personally leading the voyages to the Americas, um, he de- delegated the missions to his associates and oversaw operations from London. That sounds uh, super Raleigh- easy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, communications breeze. Um, Raleigh quickly arranged an expedition to explore his claim with Ralph Lane as the governor of the new colony. 
Uh, it departed England on April 27th, 1584, and the fleet consisted of two barks, which are those cool ships um, that with the big sails that you always see. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, Philip Amadas was the captain of the larger vessel, and Simon Fernandez uh, was the pilot, while Arthur Barlow was in command of the other. And there are indications that Thomas Harriet and John White may have participated in the voyage, but there's not enough records um, to directly confirm that if they were or not. Okay. Um, so the expedition employed a standard route for transatlantic voyages, sailing south to tra- catch the trade winds, which carried them westward to the West Indies, where they collected fresh water. The two ships then sailed north until July 4th, when they sighted land at what is now called Cape Fear. It sounds like a good place to land. Uh, the fleet made landfall <laughs> on July 13th in, at an inlet uh, north of Hatterasque Island, which was named Port Fernando after Fernandez, who discovered it. I mean, being that you're the first fucker to get there. Good call. I mean, I think Port Kerry has a certain je ne sais quoi. <laughs> sounds kind of good. It does. Uh, the Native Americans in the region had likely encountered or at least observed Europeans from previous expeditions. So the Secatan, who controlled Roanoke Island and the mainland before between um, Albemarle Sound and the Pamlico River, soon made contact with the English and established friendly relations. So the Secatan chieftain, Wingina, Wingina? Had sure. recently been in, yeah, it's W-I-N-G-I-N-A. You've got a worse one coming up, yeah. so. <laughs> I know. A, I'm just going to, just so you guys know, we're going to, we're going to win Gina at these words. <laughs> Had recently been, so the chief was injured in a war. And so his brother, Gran Gianna Mio, now I'm just making him Italian, represented the tribe as place. <laughs> Oh my god. It does. It kind of sounds Italian. Granjana Mio. It does. No Uh, matter why you say it, it sounds Italian. Gotta hope nobody Uh, from their tribe is listening. (laughs) It was the pizza making tribe. Um, (laughs) Upon their return to England in the autumn of 1584, um, Amanas and Barlow spoke highly of the tribe's hospitality and the strategic location of Roanoke. Um, And they brought back two natives to England, uh, Juan Chis, a Secatan, and Menteo, a Croatoan, right? Croatan. Did I say that right? Croatan. Croatan. Uh, yeah. Whose mother was the chieftain of Croatan Island. Croatoan Island. Croatoan. All right, I'm just going to cross <laughs> So there's Croatan <laughs> and Croatoan. Croatan and Croatoan. Yes, sure. Yes. Yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> um, You're like, I hate you. Are, I hope you guys are... Do this. Right. <laughs> The expedition's reports described the region as a pleasant and bountiful land, alluding to the Golden Age and the Garden of Eden. Oh. All these accounts uh, may have been slightly embellished by Raleigh. (laughs) Just a tad. Um, Though they are very beautiful. Queen Elizabeth was impressed with the results of Raleigh's expedition. Uh, And so in 1585, during a ceremony to knight Raleigh, she proclaimed the land granted to him Virginia and proclaimed him... Knight, Lord, and Governor of Virginia. So she named Virginia, Virginia? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. I wondered where it, it came from. But oh. she was the Virgin Queen, so... That's she why named I named it after her. After her, yeah. 
I'm glad her ego didn't get involved. I'm glad too. Um, Monarchs that never happened. Like everything she did. They're kind of like that. Kind of. Uh, so, <laughs> so sad. Um, so Walter Raleigh proceeded to seek investors to fund the colony. Um, so the fleet that he got together consisted of seven ships. The Tiger, the Roebuck, Red Lion, Elizabeth. Don't know where that came from. Dorothy and two small pinnaces. And the pinnace is a light boat propelled by oars or sails carried by carried aboard merchant and war vessels. So, so like landing ships. Kind of. Yeah. Like it yeah. looked like some of the drawings that I had seen, they kind of mm-hmm. look like lifeboats kind of on yeah. the edges of the main ships. Well, and I think when they can't get, when it gets too shallow, you know, when they have to write sandbars and stuff, they have mm-hmm. to. Yeah. Yeah. They'll use the little ones. I've seen Pirates of the Caribbean. I know. Listen, we know. I know how this works. Freaking Johnny Depp told me. Johnny Depp told um, me over a bottle of rum. <laughs> God, I wish. <laughs> I've been on the ride. I fucking know. I fucking know uh, how this fleet... goes. <laughs> the fleet sailed through an inlet at Wokoken Island near present-day um, Ocracoke Inlet. There you go. And that one I know. I'm June 26. <laughs> I know somebody who used to live I'm like, ooh, what word I know. Uh, so the the tiger ship struck a shoal, um, which ruined most of the food supplies and nearly destroyed the ship. So the remaining provisions, there was no way it could support a settlement as large as they had planned. Right. Um, moreover, the shallow inlets, as they found out, um, of the outer banks made the region unsuitable for a base to support large ships. So the colonies... So they probably should have used yeah. those pinnaces more than... Maybe a little like, bit. Like, why? <laughs> so I mean, more pinnaces. Yeah, I, you and I are not seafarers by trade. Listen, speak for yourself. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, I mean, we figured out already that the bigger boats stay in the ocean and the little <laughs> boats go into the shore. I, I don't... Right? Yeah. I mean, they should have brought us... Um, you like, don't, man. Get the penance. I didn't mean to insult your mariner side. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's about the only time you're going to hear me say, get the penance. <laughs> Everybody hop in the penance. All right, let's go. Um, so the colony's new top priority would be to locate a better harbor so they could actually bring the big ships in. Sure. And nobody needs the penance. So um, they were able to repair the Tiger, um, and it continued with the rest of the fleet to Port Fernando, um, Ferdinando, sorry, where they reunited with the Roebuck and the Dorothy. I'm wondering, is this Roebuck, like, of Sears and Roebuck? I mean, maybe. I was like, I need to order some shit. I was like, where's the catalog? Did this person (laughs) link up with Mr. Sears? Or, like, it's the only time I've ever heard Roebuck before. Sears and Roebuck. Sorry. I'm old. Sorry. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Um, So the loss of the provisions um, from the crash of the tiger meant that the colony would support way fewer settlers than they had originally planned. Yeah. Um, So Grenville decided that only about 100 would stay with Lane, which would be enough to fulfill the colony's objectives until another fleet scheduled to leave England in June 1585 could deliver a second wave of colonists and supplies. But how long how- did it take them to get from England 
to North America on a ship. In six weeks. Wow, you are a mariner. I know. <laughs> quit. quit I second, already said this. <laughs> quit second guessing me, Carrie. Goddamn, you're embarrassing me in front of the listeners. <laughs> right. Sorry. Listen, I gave you the penis. Number, yeah, six, uh, it's about six, six to eight weeks, I think. Okay. So, depending on the winds. Any well. mariners, let us know if she's wrong. <laughs> Live, you have to. I did read it. All right. So, um, however, Grenville could not know that this expedition had been redirected to Newfoundland to alert fishing fleets that the Spanish had begun seizing English commercial vessels in retaliation for attacks by English privateers. So, Mm. what England was doing is the Spanish fleets were headed back to Spain, loaded with the riches that they were taking from. Sure. Right. um, The land that they held. And... England had like it's basically state sponsored terrorism. They had state sponsored pirates that okay. they wanted to go attack the Spanish fleets. Sure. And steal their riches, bring them back to England. Um and then the Spanish got pissed and started attacking them. So now we have like a little mini little skirmishes. Little skirmishes, so, yeah. A little bit. Yes. So until a resupply mission could be arranged, Lane's colony would be heavily dependent on the generosity of the natives. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't always go well. So, after the initial exploration, um, a silver cup of the English was reported missing. So, the English thought that the cup was stolen by the natives. Yeah. And so, Grenville sent Amadas to lead a detachment back to Aquascogoc to demand the turn the return of the missing property so the cup so right. when the villagers did not produce a cup they're like we don't know what the fuck you're talking about right you um, uppity brits English, get out of here right, yeah <laughs> like get the fuck fuck up like didn't you just eat all our shit right um you're so welcome English, for all the food fuckers right exactly we didn't take your fucking cool um the english were pissed and decided that they needed to um deliver retribution so that they didn't appear weak so um being like the english amadas and his men burnt down the entire town and its crops and sent the natives fleeing it's really no wonder we hate y'all i mean i don't blame you um not the best way to make friends with the neighbors so Mm -hmm. lane's colony was troubled by a lack of supplies, which we established. Right. And now they're fighting with the locals. Yes. So <laughs> while they're awaiting a delayed resupply mission, um, Lane abandoned the colony and returned to England with Sir Francis Drake in 1586. Um, Grenville arrived two weeks later and then also returned home, leaving behind a small detachment to pre- protect Raleigh's claim. Oh, my God. Right, so basically they went, they pissed everybody off, and then they went home. It was a failure, uh, yeah, and so then they went Mm -hmm. home. Right, so strike one. (laughs) So despite the desertion of the Lane colony, Raleigh was persuaded to make another attempt by Hocklet, Harriet, and White. However, Roanoke Island would no longer be safe for English settlers following the hostilities between Lane's men and the Secotan. Yes. Um, That's what you get for sending a bunch of rowdy soldiers for a cup so right over a cup like they've been feeding you, you food and to eat. yeah let's fight about a fucking cup let's fight about a fucking cup 
Yep. All right. So Hacklett recommended Chesapeake Bay as a site for a new colony, in part because he believed the Pacific coast lay just beyond the explored areas of the Virginia Territory. I mean, it, he's not um, wrong. It is just beyond that. But I mean, it's right there. A little beyond, beyond, beyond. Right. And then a skosh. <laughs> I mean, it is there if you just keep going <laughs> if you keep going you'll find it <laughs> so on january 7th 1587 raleigh approved a corporate charter to found the city of raleigh hey, hey. hey. <laughs> so um white was appointed the governor and there were 12 assistants so approximately 115 people agreed to join the new colony Including White's pregnant daughter, Eleanor, and her husband, Ananias Dare. I think that's right. So the, hey. Look Dare at sounds correct. Look, <laughs> I don't know about the other one. You got that one. <laughs> Thanks, Nancy Reagan. The colonists were largely middle-class Londoners, perhaps seeking to become landed gentry. Uh, Manteo and Toway, who had left the Lane colony with Drake's fleet, um, our native um, friends that they brought to England yes. were also brought along. So this time the party included women and children, but no organized military force. So they left the soldiers at home this time. I think you guys fuck shit up enough for good. Right. Yeah, we don't need your help. <laughs> Thank you. Right. <laughs> so the expedition consisted of three ships this time. So you had the Lion, which is captained by White, with Fernandez as master and pilot, along with a flyboat and a full rigged pinnace. Oh, the pinnaces are back. The pinnace. The pin eye. So, and the, <laughs> the pin eye. <laughs> Just the one pinnace. The one pinnace. Okay, um, sorry. So the fleet departed on May 8th. Um, on July 22nd, the flagship and pinnace anchored in Cro- Croatoan Island. There you go. <laughs> okay. So May 8th to July 22nd. All right, a little bit longer than I said. Maybe two months. Uh, okay. Yeah. Never so asked wait. me marital, maritime <laughs> questions again. I wasn't that far. <laughs> White plans really. to take 40 men aboard the pinnace to Roanoke, where he would consult with the 15 men stationed there by Grenville before continuing on to Chesapeake Bay. Wow, that pinnace is oh my god for 40 men. Yeah. Once he boarded the pinnace, however, a gentleman on the flagship representing Fernandez ordered the sailors to leave the colonists on Roanoke. The following morning, White's party located the site of Lane's colony. The fort had been dismantled while the houses stood vacant and overgrown with melons. There was no sign that Grenville's men had ever been there except for human bones that White believed were the remains of one of them killed by Native Americans. (laughs) So maybe he could have just starved to death or maybe one of the melons was poisoned or maybe like any (laughs) number of reasons. A hurricane came and he bashed his head into a tree. (laughs) Native Americans is not the first option. Shouldn't have been anyway. Sorry. So following the arrival of the flyboat on July 25th, all of the colonists disembarked. Shortly thereafter, colonist George Howe was killed by a native while searching alone for crabs in Albemarle Sound. So White dispatched Stafford to reestablish relations with the Croatan with the help of Manteo. The Croton described how a coalition of mainland tribes led by Wenchis had attacked Grenville's detachment. The colonists attempted to negotiate a truce with the Croton, but received no response. On August 9th, White led a preemptive strike on Dasamongponki. Dasamongponki. Wow. 
We'll go with what you said. I don't even know. That sounds... We're there. Sure. But the enemy, fearing reprisal for the death of Howe, had withdrawn from the village. And the English accidentally attacked Croton looters. Manteo again smoothed relations between the colonists and the Croton... Croton? Croton. I'm saying that wrong. Croton. For his... Croton. For his service to the colony, Manteo was baptized and named Lord of Roanoke and Desamong Ponky. <laughs> Lucky him. Sorry. I'm so sorry. Also, <laughs> Manteo is a town on the Outer Banks, too, just so you know. They named one after him. Oh, well, that's nice. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see August- any Dasamonga Ponky <laughs> signs. So, why are we still talking about it? Because um, <laughs> it's a fun word. <laughs> it's not. Um, on August 18th, 1587, Eleanor Dare gave birth to a daughter, christened Virginia, in honor of being the first Christian born in Virginia. Uh, records indicate... Marjorie Harvey gave birth shortly thereafter, although nothing else is known about her child. Yeah, who cares about her? She was the second one. No one cares about the middle (laughs) child. (laughs) Exactly. No one. Jan, Jan, Jan. (laughs) Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. (laughs) By the time the fleet was preparing to return to England, the colonists had decided to relocate 50 miles up Albemarle Sound. The colonists persuaded Governor White to return to England to explain the colony's desperate situation and ask for help. Yeah, it's getting bad. Yeah. (laughs) It's getting bad. Right. It's just not going so good. Mm -mm. Um, White reluctantly agreed and departed with the fleet on August 27th, 1587. So they hadn't even been there, what, like a month? But a month? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But a month. Before everything just went to shit. Yeah. And... the i mean out there on the outer banks like roanoke island is actually in between the outer banks and the mainland so it's in Mm. between the two but god even since we've been here they've gotten a fucking hurricane they've gotten snow they've gotten freezing Mm. i mean so they're entering winter now in in this island so it's not great they don't have houses they don't have you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. they've got two new babies they (laughs) they need stuff and things (laughs) right and this is white's family Uh it's his kids it's his grandchildren yeah Mm -hmm. so by the time the fleet was preparing to return to england the colonists had decided to relocate 50 miles up albemarle sound so oh yeah i already did that part okay sorry so he goes back. No, I didn't. I don't, now I'm confused. All right. So the colonists persuaded White to go back and get help. Um, right. And he agreed and left um, at August 27th. There you go. So There we are. Okay. After, <laughs> all right. So now he's gone. Fuck him. So now he's right. gone. So, <laughs> so after a difficult journey, White returned to England on November 5th. 1587. So by this time, reports of the Spanish Armada mobilizing for an attack had reached London, and Queen Elizabeth had prohibited any able ship from leaving England so that they might participate in the coming battle. So during the winter, Grenville was granted a waiver to lead a fleet into the Caribbean to attack the Spanish, and White was permitted to accompany him in a resupply ship. The fleet was set to launch in March... Of the next year, 1588, but unfavorable winds kept them in port until Grenville received new orders to stay and defend England. So basically, they can't get out. Right, yeah. 
Yeah. So two of the smaller ships in Grenville's fleet, the Brave and the Roe, were deemed unsuitable for combat, and White was permitted to take them to Roanoke. The ships departed on April 22nd, but the captain of the ships attempted to capture several Spanish ships on the outward bound voyage in order to improve the profits. And on May 6th, they were attacked by French mariners or pirates near Morocco. So nearly two dozen of the crew were killed and the supplies bound for Roanoke were looted, leaving the ships to return to England. Jesus H. <laughs> right? Think. Good God. One fucking thing after another. Mm-hmm. Um, so following the defeat of the Spanish Armada in August, England maintain- maintained the ban on shipping in order to focus efforts on organizing a counter armada to attack Spain in 1589. So, so by White, now it's been two years. Yeah, so White would not get permission to go back to resupply them until 1590. Jesus. So, right, so two years later. Yeah. So About, they've just yeah. been hanging out in fucked circumstances uh-huh. that were went shitty after a month and now it's been two years. Yeah, yeah. I bet all those people that volunteered to go to the new colony were like, this is our worst decision ever. Right. Bad idea. What were we thinking? <laughs> not great. Not great. It's not great. Um, eventually, Raleigh arranged passage for White on a privateering expedition organized by John Watts. So the fleet of six ships would spend the summer of 1590 raiding Spanish outposts in the Caribbean. Man, they got a fucking hard on for Spain, don't they? They really do. I mean, actually, it, all, it went all the way back to Henry VIII. Because mm. um, his first wife, Catherine of Aragon, was a Spanish mm. princess, and she sure was. And yeah, we all know what he did to her with Anne Boleyn. So Spain really didn't give a fuck about Britain after that point. So not BFFs. No, not at all. Mm. So um, they're raiding the Spanish outpost, but the flagship Hopewell and Moonlight would split off to take White to his colony. So, at so the same they said. Time, yeah, supposedly. <laughs> at the same time, however, Raleigh was in the process of turning the venture over to new investors. So he's like, fuck that. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> I'm right, kind of over this whole thing. Me. I don't really like mm. it anymore. It's not that fun. I thought it'd be fun. It's not that fun. It's not that fun. Plus, I can't it's go there, so. <laughs> mm. I'm not allowed to leave. I don't like her. <laughs> this is kind of boring. <laughs> mm. Hopewell and Moonlight um, anchored at Croatone Island on August 12th. But there was no indication that White used the time to contact the Cro- Croatian <laughs> Croatian. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I know. Um, I don't know why they're two different spellings. Except I don't know, that I'm it, like, assuming. Fucks me up every time because I'm like, I got one right and then I go to say the other one. I'm assuming Croatan is the race of Native Americans and Croatoan mm. is possession. It's yes. the Croatoan, the Croatoan island. That's all I can yes. gather. I mean, I'm no mariner. Doesn't make it easier. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not positive. <laughs> I can sail over there and figure it out. Um, so on the <laughs> evening of August 15th, while anchored at the north end of the Croatoan island, the crews sighted plumes of smoke on Roanoke Island. Um, the following morning, they investigated another column of smoke on the southern end of Croatone Island, but they didn't find anything. Hmm. So White's landing party spent the next two days attempting to cross Pamlico Sound with considerable difficulty and loss of life. Um, on August 17th, they sighted another fire on the north end of Roanoke and rode towards it, but they reached the island after nightfall 
and decided not to risk coming ashore. Pussies. The men. So did they just the hang night. out in their penis? Yeah, I think they just hung out in the penis. I think they're worried. That, you know, I mean, obviously that they were gonna get you know murdered. Yeah, big babies. Um. So the men <laughs> spent the night Blazers, in their angered boats. <laughs> they're so just stay with your penis. Um. <laughs> The men spent the night in their angered boat singing English songs in hopes that the colonists would hear them. Aw. Yeah, that's nice. Wright and the others made landfall on the morning of August 18th, his granddaughter's third birthday. Wow. The party found fresh tracks in the sand, but they weren't contacted by anyone. They also discovered the letters C-R-O carved into a tree. Upon reaching the site of the colony... White noted that the area had been fortified with a palisade, um, which is just like stick fences. Um, near the entrance of the fencing, the word Croatoan was carved in one of the posts. So White was certain these two inscriptions meant that the colonists had peacefully relocated to Croatoan Island since they had agreed in 1587 like what, three years earlier, that the colonists would leave a secret token indicating their destination or across Pati as a duress code, which is basically an iron cross. Right, right. Yeah. So supposedly that's where they went. So within the palisade, the search party found that the houses had been dismantled and anything that could be carried had been removed. Several large trunks, including three belonging to white, containing the belongings he left behind in 1587, had been dug up and looted. None of the colony's boats could be found along the shore. The party returned to Hopewell that evening, and plans were made to return to Croatoan the following day. However, Hopewell's anchor cable snapped, leaving the ship with only one working cable and anchor. They just cannot catch a goddamn break. No, for real. (laughs) Not one. (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. So the search mission could not continue given the considerable risk of shipwreck. Moonlight set off for England, but the crew of Hopewell offered a compromise with White in which they would spend winter in the Caribbean, I agree, and return to the Outer Banks in the spring of 1591. Okay. This plan fell through, however, when Hopewell was blown off course, forcing them to stop for supplies in the Azores. I mean... anybody knows anything about geography, the Azores... Are super fucking far away from the Caribbean. <laughs> it's not a teeny tiny blown up course. Like, near Africa belongs to Portugal. Oh, wow. You know, way, way over That's there. That's blown way off course. <laughs> the fucking Caribbean is where the Caribbean is. Um, <laughs> yeah, not a small. Mm, not a small oops. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just sort of like the Pacific being just on the other side of Virginia. Right. It's, just, it's just the other side of the Atlantic. I mean, come on. Just on the other side of Virginia. It's just on the other side of the Caribbean. I mean, it's not All a right. lie. <laughs> and then they couldn't even land on the Azores because um, the winds were preventing them from getting there. So they had to change course again and go back to England, arriving in October 20, on October 24th, 1590. So, not one break could be caught. No, not, not one. A bunch of good luck. Mm-mm. Not one to be found. Not at all. Mm-mm. Not at all. <sighs> yeah. Okay, so now we're on to the second half, which is yeah, guys, we're only on the second half. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Um, let's take a little looky-loo at some of the key players in this story. So this is Sir Walter Raleigh. And he was alive from 1552 until 1618. He was sort of, he wasn't really the right hand of the queen, right? Like he was rumored to be her lover, but not, but yeah. Yeah, but she didn't want him to go because his brother had died on the way there, I think the first time or something. Oh, okay. Oh, that brother, yeah. So she, I mean, she cared about him enough to be like, no, you're staying right here. Right, yeah. Um no needed ev- him. Well, yeah. Wanna... She eventually lets him go, and I'll get into that. But um, here is... Now, that is a fucking mustache. That is, yeah. <laughs> the original that... hipster, John White. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you can't see it, but he's wearing Converse. <laughs> yeah, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he took his ponytail out for the painting. Right. Um, yeah, he actually, bun. you know, 1593 is when he died. So he didn't live much longer after he tried to find his family. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And this is all at the same time as Shakespeare. Mm, yeah. <laughs> to put it into, like, perspective of what... The original influencer, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whoops. So... But yeah, um, that man's got some hair. He does. He really does. Good for him. Those collars, man, I'll tell you, they're goofy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is the baptism of Virginia Dare. So John White was also um, an artist. So he drew a lot of, you know, sketches and stuff and did paintings and things like that. So this is, uh, yeah, this is the baptism of Virginia Dare, the first English child born in the New World to the Britons, the old world to the Native Americans, <laughs> the only world to the Native Americans. Um, right. yeah. And he did do um, some drawings of the Native villages and stuff like that, too, mm-hmm. that are still around. Yeah, pretty cool. he did, yeah. Uh, I had a map that he had done, and um, I, it was the type of image that it was I couldn't upload it and it was a whole thing and I was running late and you were already waiting for me and I was like fuck it we'll just go without the map so feel free to I mean, google the map <laughs> plus it's garbage anyway because we all know the Pacific Ocean is a little bit further over yeah. <laughs> it's fucking unusual could so. you imagine oh my god it's just on the other side of Virginia they're not wrong it is Yeah. there's just a few I more mean, sides to go through to get it's a whole thing one of my favorite rooms, honestly, and I do love maps, and I think we talked about this with Archie because he also does. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. There's a map room in the Vatican oh. that has, um, like, tapestry maps from the ages, over the ages. And oh, my God. it's so cool to see how it changes. Like a Pangea we... and all that? or <laughs> Like a Pangea? No, not Pangea, but, <laughs> you know. Wow. Um, that sounds pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, it's really, really cool to see as they uh, learned more and... Yeah. Yeah. My... Um, Start adding the new world and stuff like that. Like, you know, just all the... It's really, it's really yeah, cool. Yeah. My Uncle Jim was um, a topographer in the Korean War. Really? Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. So he was always telling me, like, how they would, you know, make the maps and all that fun stuff. And, of course, I was like... 
I don't know, 18, 19. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And didn't listen to a damn thing he said, although I would be hanging on his every word now. Nice. So, yeah, yeah. I have a. I have a tattoo that says Ultimate Thule, which in like cartographer speak means um, unknown lands. Oh, I like that. That's really cool. Although I did think you said Ultimate. Like past the, past the boundary of what they know. Oh, okay. There's like yeah. more to explore kind of a thing. Mm, like, yeah, they just don't know what's past that. Yeah. Okay. Mm, uh, although I, I did think you said Ultimate Fool at first. <laughs> That's your tattoo. That's mine. <laughs> that's your counterpart yeah that's that's my yeah all right <laughs> <You're> all. <laughs> no <laughs> um all right so bring it home sister okay so although white failed to locate his colonists in 1590 his report suggested that they had simply relocated and might still be found alive however it served raleigh's purposes to keep the matter in doubt so long as settlers could, the settlers could not be proven dead, he could legally maintain his claim on Virginia. Nevertheless, a 1594 petition was made to declare, how did you say it? Ananias Dare, Virginia mm-hmm. Dare's father, mm-hmm. legally dead, so that his son John Dare could inherit his estate. And the petition was granted in 1597. So... Finally, the queen let him go, and <laughs> Raleigh's <laughs> first voyage was in 1595, um, and he claimed to be in search of his lost colonists, although he later admitted that uh, this was disinformation to cover uh, his search for El Dorado. In a nutshell, he really didn't care about these people. So No, he sure didn't. He didn't. Um, on the return voyage, he sailed past the Outer Banks and later claimed that weather had prevented him from landing, which is entirely believable. Look at all the fucking problems that they had just searching, right. trying to get back to the island, mm-hmm. um, even in the sounds. So... He later sought to enforce his monopoly on Virginia, Um based on the potential survival of the Roanoke colonists. So he's still using these poor people as a reason to, you know, just keep poking around. But really, Mm -hmm. he's just wanting to further his empire. Right. He wants to keep his hold. Right. Without actually having to do anything. Yeah. So um, he sought to enforce his monopoly on Virginia based on the survival of these colonists when the price of sassafras skyrocketed so what is sassafras sassafras is um uh you know a stuff a thing a (laughs) root beer flavoring it's sassy frass are you looking it up yes because you want to know I do. No, I'm thinking. And I want to know how it how it skyrockets the price of sassafras. Skyrockets it. It's made him so. I need to know. I'm confusing sassafras sassafras with sarsaparilla. Right. Yes. Also. So. It's a tea root. Oh, it's a root. Okay. Yeah. Well, the price of this root tree skyrocketed. 
I guess so. Yeah. So he funded a (laughs) a mission in 1602 to the Outer Banks with the stated goal of resuming the search. Led by Samuel Mace, this expedition differed from other voyages in that Raleigh brought his own ship and guaranteed his sailors wages so that they would not be distracted by privateering, which all the other ones did with the Spanish Armada. So, however, the ship's itinerary and manifest indicated that Raleigh's top priority was actually harvesting sassafras as far south as Croatoan Island. So, okay. by the time that Mach, Mach, no, Mace <laughs> approached, there we go, Mach approached, whatever, Mace approached mm-hmm. Hatteras. Bad weather prevented them from lingering in the area. I'm telling you, the weather on the coast of this state is fucked and still is today. (laughs) (laughs) In In 1603, Raleigh was implicated in the main plot and arrested for treason against King James I of Scotland, effectively ending his Virginia Charter. So he's the um, King James the First of Scotland is the son of Mary Queen of Scots, whom Elizabeth the First had beheaded because she actually had a valid claim to the British throne. So Elizabeth had Mary beheaded, and her son grew up and became King of Scotland. And when the Virgin Queen died with no heirs. Mm-hmm. It automatically went to Mary Queen of Scots' son. So her buddy, Sir Walter Raleigh, was mm-hmm. implicated in a plot um, and arrested for treason against him. The main plot was allegedly a conspiracy um, in July of 1603 by English courtiers to remove King James I from the English throne and to replace him with his cousin, Lady Arabella Stuart. So Raleigh um, was imprisoned in the Tower of London. Love a good Tower of London story. And he, but he was released about after 13 years. However, he was eventually executed in 1618. So he really had nothing much to do with any of this land here. Right, yes, besides just owning it or having a, le- a claim, a claim to, it. to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and He's just trying to profit off it. Basically, yes. So, yeah, my city is named after him, but he wasn't the greatest guy. So, I personally don't think we should go around telling people that. Um, <laughs> look at me making friends and neighbors already. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. There was one final expedition in 1603 led by Bartholomew Gilbert with the true intention of finding the Roanoke colonists. Their intended destination had been Chesapeake Bay, but again, bad weather forced them into land in an unspecified location near there. (laughs) So the landing team, including Gilbert himself, were killed by a group of Native Americans for unknown reasons on July 29th. The remaining crew were forced to return to England empty-handed. So, sea traffic through Roanoke Island fell into decline in the 17th century because of dangerous waters of the Outer Banks, things like that. In 1672, mm-hmm. so almost 100 years later, the inlet had been between Hatterask and the Croatoan Islands, and that had been closed. The resulting landmass became known as present-day Hatteras Island. So, 
There was um, an exploration between 1701 and 1709 by John Lawson, um, an exploration of Northern Carolina. He visited Hatteras Island and encountered the Hatteras people. Though there's evidence of European activity in the Outer Banks throughout the 17th century, Lawson was the first historian to investigate the region since White left it in 1590. So, um, wow. yeah, almost 200 years later. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawson was impressed with the influence of the English culture on Hatteras. They reported that several of their ancestors had been white, and some of them had gray eyes supporting this claim. Although gray eyes, I don't, I don't know as I've ever seen anybody that had actual gray eyes, or maybe they're just such a light blue they look gray. I don't know that. That's yeah, struck, I think that's it's more than yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Lawson theorized that members of the 1587 colony had assimilated into this community after they lost hope of regaining contact with England and John White. So. While visiting Roanoke Island itself, Lawson reported finding the remains of a fort, as well as English coins, firearms, and a powder horn. But research into the disappearance of the 1587 colonists largely ended with his 1701 investigation. Renewed interest in the lost colony during the 19th century eventually led to a wide range of scholarly analyses. Now, Archaeological research on Roanoke Island only began when a person named Talcott Williams discovered a Native American burial site in 1887. He returned in 1895 to excavate the fort, but he found nothing of significance. There was another individual named Ivor Ivor Noel Hume, who would later make several compelling finds in the 1990s, but none that could positively link the colony the 1587 colony as opposed to the 1585 outpost. It wasn't clear Mm -hmm. whose it was. So there was a significant challenge for archaeologists seeking information about the 1587 colonists, this lost colony. Right. That is that many common artifacts, artifacts, no, artifacts, could plausibly originate from the 1585 colony or from Native Americans who traded with other European settlements in the area. Mm -hmm. So there was just nothing concrete to be like, yes, this definitely came from these folks. So Andrew Lawler suggests that an example of conclusive of a conclusive find would be female remains since the 1585 colony was exclusively male. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, finding female remains buried according to Christian tradition, uh, supine and in an east-west orientation, which could be dated to before 1650, by which point Europeans would have been spread throughout the region. Right. So, however, few human remains of any kind have been discovered at sites related to the lost colony. And the reason that they had wanted female remains is because... Um, DNA, as we think of it, can only go back so many generations, but mitochondrial DNA, which is passed down through the maternal line, can go back six, seven, eight hundred mm-hmm. years. And so that's why they needed the female. They wanted to find female remains. So 
One possible explanation for um, extreme deficiency in archaeological evidence is shoreline erosion. Apparently, the north shore of Roanoke Island, where the Lane and White colonies were located, lost 928 feet of the island between 1851 and 1970. Extrapolating from this trend back to the 1580s, it's likely that portions of the settlements are now underwater, along with any artifacts or signs of life, which I found completely fascinating. Yeah, it really is, but that happens a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and it it's actually blamed for why the hurricanes affect the... Um, actual inland so much worse now because um, the waves and stuff like don't get absorbed um, mm-hmm. by the outer banks or the marshlands or you know whatever right. was there but is now gone yeah 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 I thought mm-hmm. it was totally fascinating it is fascinating that's really cool that's yeah. a very good point too it is as to why you can't find anything is because it's not fucking there right yeah exactly 928 feet is a significant amount and I don't know if they are counting that in total or if they're saying mm-hmm. 928 feet from around like around the entire island like lost collective like mm-hmm. I, I don't know um but it's 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 interesting and it's a it's a valid point like you said so there's a historian from the University of Texas that said the lost colony of Roanoke is quote it's the area 51 of colonial history I thought that was really interesting. Um, We know about it, but we don't know about it. Kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, There's stuff to know, but there's nothing to see here is kind of what he's saying. So without evidence of the lost colonies, relocation or destruction, speculation about their fate has endured since the 1590s. Of course, the matter Mm -hmm. has developed a reputation among academics for attracting obsession and sensationalism with little scholastic benefit. So, conjecture about the lost colonists typically begins with the known facts about the case. When White returned to the colony in 1590, there was no sign of battle or withdrawal under duress. Um, The site was fortified, so that's kind of weird. We're not really sure. Um, There were no human remains or graves reported in the area, suggesting that everybody was alive when they left. The Croatoan message... Um, that was carved into one of the fence posts is mm. consistent with the agreement with White to indicate where to look for them, suggesting they expected him to return eventually and that they wanted to be found. So, yeah. you know. I agree with that. Yeah. So there are a number of theories, uh, like you had mentioned some of the more outlandish ones at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> um There are a number of theories, but I'm going to talk about the three main ones. And the first one is that they integrated with local tribes. So people have considered the possibility that the missing colonists could have assimilated into nearby Native American tribes since at least 1605. Now, if the integration was successful, the assimilated colonists would gradually exhaust their European supplies, right? Ammunition, Mm -hmm. clothing, that kind of thing. And they would eventually discard or quit using European culture, languages, style of dress, agriculture, um, as Algonquin lifestyle would become more convenient for them. Um, colonial era Europeans observed that many people were removed from European society by Native Americans for substantial periods of time, be it captured or enslaved or willingly, they were reluctant to return. 
um, the reverse was seldom true. Therefore, it's reasonable to postulate that if the colonists were assimilated, they or their descendants would not seek reintegration with subsequent English settlers. And it makes sense. Right. Why would they go to something they don't know? They don't know. Right. Exactly. Um, So most historians today believe this to be the most likely scenario for the surviving colonists' fate. However, this does leave open the question of which tribe or tribes they would have assimilated into. It's widely accepted that the Croatan were ancestors of the 18th century Hatteras, although evidence of this is circumstantial and the the present-day Roanoke Hatteras tribe identifies as descendants of both the Croatoan and the Las Colonists, by the way, of Hatteras. Hmm. So it's entirely possible. I don't know as the entire group would have survived. There was, what, 112 of them, Over did you 100, say? Yeah, like 130 or something. Yeah, plus two brand new babies. So it's entirely possible that they split into groups or a majority of them died, especially some of the older, sicker ones, the weaker ones. Um, With the high death rate of children, mm-hmm. um, people didn't live that long. You're in harsh circumstances with... Very little supplies, food, Very little clothing. supplies, supplies, yeah. Um, you're also probably getting attacked. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it probably doesn't seem... I mean, I'm sure there weren't a hundred and some left, you know. Oh, no. To, Mm-mm. yeah, figure out what to that do. That would have dwindled probably fairly quickly. Fairly quickly, yeah. Especially because he left... It was like in November, or he left in August, and then by November... Yeah, he left in August, yeah. 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 November, he got back to England. Yeah. So... Stuff... Shit was dire when he was leaving. That's why he mm-hmm. was leaving. They were already running out of stuff, so... The other theory um, is that they might have attempted to return to England. So the colonists could have decided to rescue themselves by sailing for England in the pinnace left behind by the 1587 expedition. But if such an effort was made, the ship could have been lost lost with all hands at sea, accounting for the absence of both the ship and any trace of the colonists. It is plausible that the colony included sailors qualified to attempt the return voyage. But little is known about the pinnace, but the ships but ships of its size were capable of making the trip, although they typically did so along other vessels. Mm-hmm. So who knows how they would have done on their own. Um, and I don't think that a pinnace actually has like a sail on it, does it? I don't think... In any of the drawings I, I saw. I, I don't, don't think, think so. Maybe a small one, but maybe, not, yeah. definitely not like a big one. Like not the, right. Like, so those huge mass of. Yeah. I mean, it could be one of those things where it's like, let's go to the Caribbean and then poof, here we are in the Azores. I, I mean, right. <laughs> it, it happens. It happens. Also, like, you know, look at all these ships that we've covered in previous episodes. The Mary Celeste, the Oorang Medan. They, you know it happens and these all had sails so god only knows how one of these little micro pinnaces <laughs> now you're on a micro pinnace <clears throat> now you're on a micro pinnace going down and i it's not great you don't have qualified sailors <clears throat> you know <throat> like even if you have some sailors like you're how, how are you, you steering have? that with just yeah. like oars and a yeah i don't know it just sounds I mean, stranger things have happened, I suppose. Right. (laughs) So the colonists may have feared that a standard route across the Atlantic to the Atlantic Ocean with a stop in the Caribbean would risk a Spanish attack because, you know, obviously Spain hated England and probably had 
sounds like they had a lot of good reason to. Nevertheless, it was feasible for the colonists to attempt a direct course to England. In 1563, French settlers at the failed Charlesfort colony built a crude boat and successfully, albeit desperately, returned to Europe. So, I mean, people have done it. Mm -hmm. Alternatively, the Roanoke colonists could have sailed north along the coast in hopes of making contact with English fishing fleets in the Gulf of Maine. So maybe that's what they did. Maybe they just Mm -hmm. went up north and then, you know, um, although... I don't know. There's there's so many rabbit holes we can go down with this. Um, the pinnace would not have been large enough to carry all of the colonists, and additionally, provisions needed for a transatlantic voyage would further restrict the number of passengers. So they may have possessed the resources to construct another seaworthy ves- vessel, but using local lumber with using local lumber and spare parts from the pinnace, considering mm-hmm. the ships were built by survivors... Um, of the 1609 Sea Venture shipwreck, it's possible that the lost colonists could produce a second ship that, with the pinnace, could transport most of their party. And even in ideal conditions, at least some of the colonists would have remained in Virginia, leaving open the question of what became of them, because they would have been waiting for him to come back. Right. So, the third and final least, well, not least likely necessarily, but this particular argument doesn't hold a lot of water um this is the um poetan powhatan attack mm-hmm. at chesapeake bay so david beers quinn who i don't know who that is but he concluded <laughs> that the 1587 colonists sought to relocate to their original destination of chesapeake bay So using the pinnace and other small boats to transport themselves and their belongings, they would have had a small group stationed at Croatoan to await White's return and direct him to the new colony area. Mm -hmm. Um, But following his failure to locate any of the colonists, the main body of the colonists would have quickly assimilated with the Chesapeans. While the lookouts on Croatoan would have blended into the Croatoan tribe. Mm-hmm. So, this guy suggests that Samuel Mace's 1602 voyage might have ventured into Chesapeake Bay and kidnapped Poat. God, Poatans, Poatans, Po. Pow. Poatans? Poatans? Jesus. Poatans? Um, kidnapped them. <laughs> We're just guessing at this point. Yeah, basically. (laughs) If you Uh, say a bunch of stuff, one of them is right. One of them has got (laughs) to be right. Um, Kidnapped some of them to bring them back to England. Um, From there, these abductees would be able to communicate with Thomas Harriet and might reveal that Europeans were living in the region. Quinn evidently believed circumstances such as these were necessary to explain optimism about the colonist survival after 1603. Oh, no. I do have some hard words. (laughs) all right hang on let me read this for a second (laughs) develop a strategy okay just whatever you say first go with it okay just as long as i have confidence people will believe it um yeah so although strachey accused wahuna seneca 
of slaughtering the colonists and the Chesapeans in separate passages, Quinn decided that these events occurred in a single attack on an integrated community in April 1607. He supposed that Wahun Seneca, all right, could have been seeking revenge for the speculative kidnappings by Mace. In Quinn's estimation, John Smith was the first, John Smith of Pocahontas and that whole group, Mm -hmm. was the first to learn of the massacre, but for political considerations, he quietly reported it directly to King James rather than than revealing it in his published writings. So despite Quinn's reputation on the subject, his peers had reservations about this theory, and it relies heavily on the accounts of these other two, which don't seem too credible either. Right. So it certainly could have happened. Uh, this pers- specific tribe, I don't know. Um, it, it could have happened. I mean, but it, it seems like, um, uh, you know, those those two friends of theirs from the different tribes, uh, Manteo and, and I can't remember the name of the other one, was, were working hard to smooth relations over. Um, Mm -hmm. between the two, especially after they threatened, after they, they, um, you know, accused him of stealing the cup and they burned down the thing. And he was still like, Oh, wait, 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 wait. He was still trying to work to build a relationship between the native Americans and the, the colonists. So, um, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Well, so can I tell you a theory that I heard? Yeah, for sure. That they split up Mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. Again, this kind of follows most of the theories. So right. that some went north to, and then were massacred by the Pohatans by Pocahontas's dad, kind of what we just talked about. Okay. Because there was, you know, rumors of white people being um, there and getting massacred. Oh, okay. And some went to live with the Croatoans. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then some went inland to what is now Mary Hill, North Carolina. Oh, okay. And um assimilated with the tribes there too yeah i mean who knows it seems like they could you know obviously they could have gone anywhere or they could be in the sea or they could be you know in a spaceship we don't know (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's our next episode they were abducted by aliens (laughs) right and also there were aliens and also there were aliens uh outrunning the zombies um yeah, so those are the three theories of what happened to this lost colony. Um, most, like I said, most believe that they just um, moved on. They, like you said, split up. Mm-hmm. Maybe they assimilated with, other, you know, some of the tribes. It's certainly, certainly possible. Um, it so, does seem whatever survivors there would have been, they probably would have assimilated. They, they probably would have, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because they couldn't survive on their own. That was... There's no way. That was 100... That's... I believe that's fact. They could not survive mm-hmm. on their own. I believe too. Yeah. So, in popular culture, this this thing has endured forever. Um, United States historians largely overlooked or minimized the importance of the Roanoke settlements until 1834, when George Bancroft lionized the 1587 colonists in A History of the United States. So Bancroft emphasized the nobility of Walter Raleigh, the treachery of Simon Fernandez, and the threat of the Secoton the courage of the colonists and the uncanny tragedy of their loss. 
He was the first since John White to write about Virginia Dare, calling attention to her status as the first English child born on what would become U.S. soil and the pioneering spirit exhibited by her name. The account captivated the American public. And as Andrew Lawler puts it, the country was hungry for an origin story more enchanting than the spoiled fops of Jamestown or the straight-laced Puritans of Plymouth. Roanoke, with its knights and villains and its brave but outnumbered few facing an alien culture, provided all the elements for a national myth. The first known use of the phrase, the Lost Colony, to describe the 1587 Roanoke settlement was by Eliza Lainsford Cushing in an 1837 historical romance, Virginia Dare, or The Lost Colony. So celebrations of the Lost Colony on Virginia Dare's birthday have been organized on Roanoke Island since the 1880s. To expand the tourist attraction, Paul Green's play, The Lost Colony, opened in 1937 and remains in production today. Wow. Right? President Franklin D. Roosevelt attended the play on August 18th, 1937, which was Virginia Dare's 350th birthday. That bitch is old. She's old. Bereft, yeah, bereft of its full context, the colonists' sparse message of Croatoan has taken on a paranormal quality in Harlan Ellison's 1975 short story Croatoan, in Stephen King's 1999 television miniseries Storm of the Century, as well as being a human-like villain in the fifth series of Stephen King's Haven. Croatoan was portrayed by William Shatner. Um, so did it overact the whole time? The whole time. <laughs> like, Whoa, Croatoan. Yeah. The whole time. The whole um, <laughs> so this is based on the Stephen King novel, um, The Colorado Kid. Croatoan, coincidentally, was the murderer of the Colorado Kid in Haven. And Croatoan always also appears as a storyline in the 2005 television series Supernatural. Which oh wow, I love yes. Um, it also was in the 1994 graphic novel Batman Spawn War Devil. States that Croatoan was the name of a powerful demon who, in the 20th century, attempts to sacrifice the entirety of Gotham City to Satan. And my very very favorite in 2011, <laughs> American Horror Story episode Birth relates a fictional legend in which the lost colonists mysteriously died and their ghosts haunted the local Native Americans until a tribal elder banished them with the word Croatoan. This premise is expanded upon in the sixth season of the series American Horror Horror Story Roanoke, which presents a series of fictional television programs documenting encounters with the ghost colonists. The leader of the undead colonists, the Butcher, is depicted as John White's wife, Thomason, although there is no historical evidence that she was actually one of the colonists. And that's the character huh. that's portrayed by um, Kathy Bates. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So in closing, I do want to say that uh, Raleigh had given up hope of the settlement and White died a few years later on one of Raleigh's estates, ignorant to the fate of his family and the colony. The 117 pioneers of Roanoke Island had vanished into the great wilderness and into folklore, their collective fate subject to many theories and controversies and their story reenacted 
every single summer during performances of The Lost Colony, which is the nation's longest symphonic drama. And that is the story of The Lost Colony of Roanoke. Oh, great job, Carrie. Thanks. Great job to you, too. Love it. Thanks. Um, So do we think that they just kind of assimilated? That is what I think, yeah. That's what I think, yeah. I think we're in agreement. Um, we're rarely in yeah. agreement. Sometimes, well, sometimes we are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think that they all made it. I mean, maybe some did just try to go back to England. Maybe yeah. some, you know, like mm-hmm. I think they could have like fucked off. Because can you imagine the panic too that would kind of start to set in when help is not coming and mm-hmm. you have no, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing happening. And you've got these so. two, you know, these two brand new babies and you and know that they were, and, yeah. You know. Yeah, there were some other children too. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't just them, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Mm-hmm. The unforgiving mother, the unforgiving, you know. Yeah. The fact that your neighbors hate you. I sucks. mean, yeah, because the last guy that lived there was a douchebag. I mean, right. it's just... None of it's ever really, really great. No. Yeah. It's not great. Yeah. So anyway, that is The Lost Colony of Roanoke. It's certainly something that I've wanted to cover on the show for a long, long time. And I'm glad that we finally were able to do it. It's so cool to drive out there and just know that you're you're driving into such history. And especially yeah. one as compelling and a curiosity as this one. Um, there is actually, when you go through Roanoke Island, there's, you can go to like where they believe the Lost Colonies actual like settlement was, um, which we didn't have time to do. But it's, uh, it, it, if you, if you love history as much as Laura and I do, um, you really kind of allow yourself to feel what, the energy of what was there all those hundreds of years before you. And it's, it's pretty, it's pretty remarkable. So I'm glad that I got to go and I'm glad that we covered this story finally on the show because it's, it's I had somebody actually asked for it. My, Oh really? Um, My hairdresser asked, she's like, (laughs) you guys should cover this. And I was like, Oh yeah. You know what? We really should. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. So So this, this is dedicated to Laura's hairdresser. Thank you. Thanks April. Thanks April. (laughs) Um, all right. Well, I was going to do strange history, uh, tonight guys, but this episode is running kind of super long. It's kind of super late. So we're going to just, um, leave it at the entire episode was one giant strange history. (laughs) True that. (laughs) A thousand percent. So Laura, why don't you let everybody know where they can follow us on the social medias? You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at HOH Podcast. Yes, you sure can. And you can also follow us on the TikTok at HOH Podcast, at HOH Carrie, and at HOAH co-host Laura. Yes, all of those places. Follow us. We're posting all kinds of crazy stuff, sort of, kind of. Laura's going to get better. <laughs> any guys any guys no anyway guys thank, it's 10 30 here um thank you so much for watching i am going to edit this real lickety split and throw it up to the patreons and uh wherever you are listening to this episode at uh hope it's on a long road trip because we're closing in on an hour and a half um 
anyway, we love you and we thank you. We are very, very appreciative of you. And um, be sure to check out Spirit Realm Network. Be sure to check out uh, Destination Fears Trail to Terror. Be sure to check out um, Dirt Days in Williamson. See if you can go check go to that. We are an official sponsor. It's going to be a lot of fun. Food, vendors, um, uh, live music, a parade, mm-hmm. um, us, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, Super we're fun. Working out the Super beats fun. for and that And hey, one. let us know what you think happened to the Lost Colony. I would yeah. love to hear what um, everybody else's uh, ideas are. What do you think? Yeah. Let us know. Yeah, and also if you are, you know, a descendant of Virginia Dare, right. that'd be cool if too. If you came from the Lost Colony, please tell us. <laughs> right. Also, if your grandfather is Anais or Ananais Dare, tell us how to pronounce his name correctly. That'd be cool too. <laughs> or even any of the Native Americans that we butchered. <laughs> They're names that we butchered horrifically. I'm so sorry. Any name that we butchered for person. Yeah. Anyway, guys. So all of them. Sorry about that. Basically all <laughs> of them. Um, we love you and we want you to, as always, stay safe out there because you never know who or what is listening. Bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs>